Hello and welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Downstage Center. I'm Donna Hanover and I'm here today with my colleague and fellow actor Tony Award winner Jefferson Mays, whom I'm delighted to appear with each night in Gore Vidal's The Best Man. Hi, Jefferson. Hello, Donna. So lovely to see you in <laughs> civilian clothes exactly. outside of school. Usually I'm wearing a red wig as yes. a reporter. And you actually, although you come on a little bit later in the play, you are there with us as we begin the play. We start in the alleyway of the theater, several of the reporters and uh, Michael McKean right. and John, John Larroquette. And uh, it's a thrilling moment. It is when, a thrilling moment. When the assistant stage manager says, we have the house. Yes. It's like, it's all in your hands. And then the little blue light comes on <laughs> in that glamorous alley. And then the door opens and you're on. And it's oh, it's lovely to be there with you. I'm the only one who really doesn't need to be there. Well, Michael McKean reason. did mention that there's an initiation fee and you haven't paid it I yet. I have not paid it. <laughs> and I haven't taken you out for your uh, Broadway debut drink yet. I am waiting for so, that. Well, I'm yes, I am at your disposal, madam. <laughs> what do you think about the character that you play? Well, yeah, Sheldon Marcus. Um, he, it's it's very odd how, you, and we'll talk about how you come to character too, because I, I understand that you, you're actually based on um, influential figures in your life, right. astonishing uh, uh, women reporters that you've met throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know about that. But mine's actually not based on a character at all. It's funny what what comes to you initially, because I was at a nature center if you can believe it, with with uh, my wife in Connecticut, close to where I grew up. And we were going through and seeing the little specimens of animals. And there was a aquarium. And in that aquarium was a copperhead snake, which is a very poisonous snake in these parts. And they just fed it a mouse. But the snake wasn't hungry. And this mouse was going out of its mind trying to climb out the uh, up the aquarium walls, climbing over the snake. Snake couldn't have been less interested. And... I immediately thought after reading it, my God, Sheldon Marcus is that mouse trying to escape. Now, the uh, the basic gist for anybody who doesn't know the story um, is this is a presidential convention. You don't have any idea if it's Republican or Democrat. mm -hmm. There are two candidates vying for the nomination. There's some other guys involved, but these are the two main ones. They want to get the former president's endorsement, and they each have secrets, scandals, and marital situations, and Sheldon Marcus, who you play, is pretty relevant to some of the dirt on one of the characters. Yeah, comes in with a key piece of uh, dangerous information late in the show. And this is why, to get back to our little alley, um, this is why I love being with you because I come in, uh, you know, an hour and 15 minutes into the show. So it's lovely to be there at the beginning. It's like being with an elite squad of paratroopers (laughs) about to parachute over Normandy. And uh, I just get such a thrill about being there at the very beginning and waving you all. We are kind of a SWAT team. You are. You are. You're the... the elite, in my estimation. But, yeah, the, the people that are there, of course, are John Larroquette, yeah. who plays William Russell, mm-hmm. one of the candidates, who former Secretary of State, and Michael McKean, who's his campaign manager. Mm-hmm. I play a reporter. There are several other reporters and, uh, you know, bellhop and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and the idea is we're beginning the press conference where we're starting to question John yes. Larroquette's show, th- shooting questions at Yeah, him. something that you are very familiar with. I certainly have done that. You know, yeah. I went to the Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia and uh, graduated in <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and have spent quite a few years as a journalist. 
And um, I view my character, who's named Barbara Brinkley, yes. I view her as a very tough cookie because this is 1960. We're set in 1960. She didn't get this job if she wasn't a really tough person. Absolutely. All the guys around her and, yeah. and so on. And I certainly am able to use what I've done in politics, the political people that I've interviewed and, and so on as sort of grist for the mill as I, as I figure out how to do these interviews. The other thing that I find is that Barbara Brinkley is very smart, of course, and she likes bantering with William Russell. Yes. She likes his intelligence. She likes showing she can match wits with him. Yes. I love that the, the flirtatious banter that goes on stage between right. you. And I get to see a lot because since I have a pretty small role. I think it's about 13 pages all told. I get to watch so much of this show from the wings, and I know you join me uh, stage left and, mm-hmm. and, and, and watch Candace's uh, scenes too. But isn't that – I just love being off stage. It's such a weird thing for an actor to admit to, but especially in this production where we are surrounded by these extraordinary luminaries of the, uh, of, of the American theater. And luminaries almost understates it. I mean we're yeah. talking James Earl Jones, yes. Angela Lansbury, John Larkett mm-hmm. as we said, Candace Bergen, Eric McCormick, Carrie Butler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no, it's, as you said very early on when we were talking, it is a, indeed a master class mm-hmm. in, uh, in acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just uh, – I think that's the tr- the magic of theater for me is is standing backstage in the dark, looking out, seeing the audience, a little sliver of audience that you can see from the wings, and then your your, your fellow players telling this story. And it's uh, in those moments that you're aware of the magic of it all, and what an extraordinary thing it is for people to come sit together in a room and have this story told to them uh, by these extraordinary artists every, every night. It's always an event. It's always new. Um, We're talking about The Best Man, uh, Gore Vidal's play, which is being revived on Broadway right now. I'm Donna Hanover. I play a reporter, and I play Eric McCormick's mother, you, Yes, briefly. and I want to talk about Mrs. Cantwell. <laughs> we can talk about Mother Cantwell. D- completely different. I'm ast- astonished <laughs> by your versatility. You can leap back and forth between these characters. But she's, I'm very fond of Mrs. Uh, Cantwell. You are. Does you are. she come from a, a, she a comes source from in your south. life? Uh, yes. Oh, um, oh, she's from Tennessee. You know, yes. I lived in Tennessee when I was you a little did. girl. Mm-hmm. And just to That's remind anybody who's... That's so authentic. <laughs> anybody who's just now tuning in, we're Jefferson Mays, Donna Hanover. Um, I did live in Tennessee. My dad was in the aviation sector of the Navy, so we were stationed mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, Millington. So, And then plus I have relatives from Texas. My dad uh-huh. was raised in Texas, so I've got that sort of southern accent. Yes. But truthfully, I, I do want to let people know that the play is full of humor. I mean, the audiences spend a good portion of their time cracking up. It's amazing, isn't it? Having a wonderful time. I thought when I just sat down and read it to myself, I I, I thought, this is a a wonderful nostalgic piece, maybe kind of creaky, I don't know, um, showing us the way we were then. And but it didn't strike me as as funny as it actually end, ended up being. Yeah. Well, when you look at the people yes. that are in the lead roles, they're mm-hmm. they're pretty masterful at humor. Oh, indeed. And, and I'm not talking about slip on a banana peel kind of humor. Certainly I'm sure not. they could that's, do that that's too. That's my province. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they're you know at character based humor, and so every single night there are just an enormous number of laughs. And I must say, I have a fun time. I've, I said to John, I love having the assist on a couple of your laughs. Yeah, absolutely. There's great satisfaction <laughs> you know, in a good setup. And and Mother Cantwell always gets a laugh. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's the hat. I am pretty you sure. You think it's the hat? I, I think it's your overall Cantwell persona. <laughs> well, I think that you know a lot about hats because 
Almost every day you wear a different one, Jefferson. I suppose so. I suppose so. I never think about it. I've, ever since I was little, I would always, I would wake up every morning and put on a different hat. And, and, and these are, we're talking about very handsome hats. Well, thank you very much. And bowlers, bowlers. Bowlers and Panamas in the summer. Right, right. Uh, and even a Turkish fez, but I haven't shown you that yet. Oh, no. no. I'm waiting for that um, now. But yes, I don't know. I, it's, it's probably in some way connected with my interest in becoming an actor. You get to wear so many different hats. Now, I have to tell you, before we met and Actually, we meeting for the first time when we had our first rehearsal. Mm-hmm. But I had seen you, of course, in I Am My Own Wife. And you were brilliant, beyond brilliant oh, in that. Oh, thank you. That was your Broadway debut. Yes. Amazing, amazing to win and to, to do such extraordinary work in your Broadway debut. That Tell us a little bit about that play. I mean, I, mean, I know it's back 2004, yes. but still, it's uh, very memorable. No, it was a great adventure, that was. Uh, 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 and I never in a million years would have expected that would be my Broadway debut, or even to have done that play. I remember Doug Wright called me up and said, you know, would you like to be in a play that hasn't been written yet? And I said... Pulitzer yeah. Prize winner, by the way. Y- yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, sure, what's it about? And he said, oh, it's about a uh, 65-year-old East German transvestite. And I said, <laughs> yes, count me in. Of course. That sounds like a great idea. <gasps> Um, so it was just madness from the get-go, and the, and the fact that it, you know, appealed to so many people, spoke to so many people, was so gratifying. Yeah. Uh, and you play all the different uh, yeah, characters. Yeah, it was about 37 characters. So it's nice to be getting back to playing one, and I'm, I must confess I'm a bit envious of you getting to play two characters. <laughs> well, I have to say, your Sheldon Marcus makes me a little nervous, because he's a, he is a very wired. He vibrates he, at a high he pitch. He vibrates at a high and fearful pitch. And I'm involved in his last scene when he comes off stage, mm-hmm. and I definitely s- steer clear. I stay out of your way because I feel you taking a couple of minutes to come out of character. Yes, it does. I, I have to blow my nose a bit, <laughs> not to share too much information. But yet, yeah, it's a rather, rather uh, uh, stressful little scene. I find playing, uh, you know, smaller parts often more stressful than being a lead. As a lead actor on stage, carrying the weight of the show, even though that's a great, uh, great burden sometimes, you, you're, you're sort of an energy vampire and you suck a lot of strength from the audience and their attention. And coming out and doing these surgical strike scenes is, is quite, um, sapping. Um, and, uh, cause you're, uh, I don't know about you, but you're sort of like a little saucepan on simmer mm-hmm. for the entire evening, getting ready to go out and do what you do. So you sort of vibrate at a, at a particular intensity for the duration of the evening. Mm-hmm. I had this great vision of reading lots of books, going through the complete works of Gore Vidal, for instance, learning German uh, backstage. But you're too busy vibrating. But no, I'm vibrating. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Maybe when you finish, you can read a little bit until the, <laughs> yes, end of the, yes, until the curtain calls. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Donna Hanover. I'm here with Jefferson Mays, and we mm-hmm. are uh, very thrilled to be talking to each Indeed, other. Indeed, it's so lovely to sit man. down and talk to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Outside. So, um, how did you become an actor, Jefferson? Um, I just sort of fell into it by accident. I had no intention of becoming an actor. I, um, I was going to become an academic. Uh, and uh, But then I started doing theater extracurricularly, and it quickly eclipsed my interest in uh, academics. I just loved doing plays. Uh, and I went to a university where we did about 80 a year in various uh, situations, and I just fell in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been lucky enough to be doing it ever since. Oh, I mean, I think people that get you cast mm-hmm. in their plays are oh, extraordinarily well. lucky. You are very good at playing what we might call oddball characters, people that are, you know, pushing the envelope that other actors might have trouble getting there. You are very mm-hmm. good at that, but you're also very good at sort of the born identity type guys. I mean, you, you were, um, 
you were on Broadway recently as a CIA officer? No, MI6. Yeah, that's right. Off the Broadway up at, the, up at Lincoln Center. Yeah, a play called Blood and Gifts about Afghanistan in the 1980s. And that was uh, yeah, something very different entirely. You played a but, uh, uh, an intelligence yeah, officer. Yeah, uh, yes, right. Station chief in Islamabad. Right. Um, you know, but he, he was a pretty desperate character, too. I mean, vibrating at his own particular pitch. <laughs> and, and how were you... Uh, it makes so much sense that you, as a reporter became an actor because being a reporter is a is a performance art in and of itself of well, a, very, a very different kind and also your your wonderfully intelligent curious mind that you bring to bear on characters and you see it I, when i see when i watch you from the wings i just i see this blazing curiosity on stage every night even though you know what's going to be coming at you but it, your performance is infused with that oh that's so and kind it's of uh, no not at all it's just you know how i became a, an actor is um I, I, I was anchoring news in new york and there were some really fine fine directors i mean we're talking sydney lumet and ron howard that mm-hmm. needed news people in their movies right. and wanted the real thing and the station that i worked for allowed our uh, our anchor people to do that so uh, those were my first experiences with feature films and it was I always be, loved being a journalist because I liked interviewing or being associated with interesting people. Yeah. So, of course, working for directors like that was an astounding mm. experience. You're just watching them at work and getting to be a little piece in uh, in their films. And then I met Milos Forman at an event for artists from uh, the Czech Republic because my dad grew up speaking Czech Is in Texas. So? Yeah, oh. his father was uh, from what was Czechoslovakia then. So um, Milos at that time was uh, in the process of casting The People versus Larry Flint. Mm-hmm. And he asked me what I think about a different kind of role than – uh, you know, a reporter, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, this is the director of Amadeus and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I think I would yeah. give it some thought. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did the audition for him and was fortunate enough mm-hmm. to get cast as Ruth Carter Stapleton in The People versus Larry Flint. Right. So having done that, then I really did some serious study and, and mm-hmm. I did, you know, I've been a judge in law and order. A lot of people mm-hmm. have seen those. I, I played, um, Speaking of playing mothers, I played Will Ferrell's mother in Superstar. Oh, right. <laughs> I haven't Some seen that. Little, and I'm going to have a, yes, a Donna Hanover Film Festival uh, yeah, well, tonight I, when I get home. Every once in a while, my daughter will call me and say, I just saw you in Allie McBeal. <laughs> you know, the one episode of Allie McBeal that you did or something like that. So that's I came to it as a reporter in movies mm-hmm. and then sort of expanded into other kinds of roles. So it is fun to play a reporter. She is different than me because she is a 1960 reporter. And Absolutely. by the way, you asked me who she was based on. Nancy Dickerson is one person that she was mm-hmm. based on. Uh, Nancy Dickerson became very famous as a, a broadcast reporter in the early 60s. I went to hear her speak when I was doing news in Columbus, Ohio in the mid-70s and was thrilled to buy her book uh-huh. and and then later to meet her when I lived in New York. So she's one person that I based it on. Uh, Marlene Sanders, who was one of my uh, journalism professors at Columbia, and, uh, you know, she was a, a, an amazing network correspondent and a, a tough cookie, very, very nice mm-hmm. and great with students and stuff. But, you know, you, I took some of the character from from both of those women yeah. for this 1960 reporter. I do mm-hmm. think it's a good idea to be tough with politicians because I think if you ask people a tough question, not even politicians, whoever you're interviewing, mm-hmm. I mean, not 
a little kid that you're saying, you know, how do you like being in the Howdy Duty show? But, you know, yeah. anybody that you're doing a serious story about, because if you ask somebody a tough question, it gives them a chance to rise to the occasion mm. to explain their issue to speak with passion yeah no it's an act of generosity i think well you i I can certainly think of of it that way i think they like to be bullied Uh, well i don't know (laughs) i don't ever say isn't it true that like yesterday when we were discussing doing this little interview i said jefferson i'm gonna say isn't it true that in 19 blah 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 it's not that kind of question i deny everything categorically (laughs) he definitely denies everything he did none of it So what are you going to do after this, Jefferson? Well, I, that's, the, that's the glory of being an actor. You just never know. Mm-hmm. It's every morning is potentially Christmas morning, and you, you, know, you get some message from your agent with another idea. Um, I do know I'm going to be – I have a couple of things I know. A new musical, um, which we'll, we'll be doing up at uh, our wonderful director, Michael Wilson's old stomping ground, Hartford Stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, – and I'm doing another political play. This, uh, the other side of the Atlantic, Yes, Prime Minister, which was a television series with Nigel Hawthorne back in the 80s, I think. And uh, the creators have updated it and turned it into a stage play, which has been running to great acclaim in, the, in London's West End. So I'll be playing the Prime Minister's personal private secretary, uh, uh, Bertrand Woolley. Mm. And uh, Dakin Matthews, I think, is going to be in it. Really? Yeah. He plays our Senator Carlin. Mm-hmm. And he's understudy also to James. Yes, mm-hmm. and just a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. And a la- his background is extraordinary. He was uh, he was at the Vatican. He was a seminarian. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he and a professor too. He, and, he, and a professor. professor yeah, he has a great Jesuitical acting. mind. He does. I, he's he's. I think he's the smartest person in in the entire company. He's amazing. Um, but do you uh, sing and dance? I can pretend. The nice thing about being an actor is you can act singing and act dancing. If mm-hmm. called, called. I'm going to work on that it. because yes, I, that's just, my, just, my singing <laughs> might be my weak point. I'm not. I think you have a very lyrical and beautiful musical uh, voice. Oh. <laughs> um, if you speak uh, pleasantly, it, the odds are you can you can sing pleasantly as well. Uh-huh, I think. Uh-huh. But uh, but I, I don't know. What about you? Or do you uh, do you have any? Well, I work on a uh, a monthly show right. for CUNY TV yes. called Science, Science and, and You, you mm-hmm. which I love doing. I recently had a, a story um, in a show about the environment, about the Good Housekeeping Research Institute and the work that they've done to help consumers figure out which light bulbs to use. I mean, sometimes uh-huh. it's really information that you can, news you can use, and then other times I've done stories on robotic surgery at Lenox Hill Hospital. Mm-hmm. And and the science of the smile. So it's a, it's a program that I love doing, and it's also a show that since it is a monthly, and you can kind of shoot it when you uh, are able to set up the interviews. Right. There is a generosity there about uh, wanting you to go ahead and do auditions and, and mm-hmm. consider doing a, a, other kinds of work yeah. too. Oh, wonderful! So it's yeah. you know, a, as you know, um, acting is not a good backup job. Actually, for you, it might be okay. I mean, you've established yourself, but for most people, we want to say, you know, something. Yeah, yes, I, I suppose so. Yeah, knock on wood, I've been able to to carry on uh, acting up as I do. But I think, I mean, again, getting back to your background, uh, it's. I think your curiosity as a person is your greatest strength as an actor. I mean, mm-hmm. curiosity, I think, is the hallmark of a of a wonderful actor. Um, because it just doesn't stop. I right. mean, you can do the same show again every night, but it's never the same show because of uh, your curiosity and your your fire about. And, and that's one of the extraordinary things about this company. One of the extraordinary things about this company, which I think is 
one of the best ensembles I've ever had the privilege to be in is that everybody is present at every moment on Absolutely. stage. And there's such a sense of play. Mm-hmm. When you go out there and banter with John Larroquette, he's looking right in your eyes and you're looking right in his and something is uh, ha- happens every night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been on stage with some people that have a sort of set performance. There's a fair amount of glazing over that happens. But not so with this production. Oh, it's real which life. Is so heartening yeah. given the magnitude of these stars but i guess they're such great stars because they're that way mm-hmm. but uh, it's such a, an intelligent company it's such a playful company and i think that tone was set by our great director michael wilson and also by uh, our, our glorious principals james earl jones is like a little kid uh from the first day of rehearsal just so playful on stage didn't you you feel that oh I, I very much feel that and angela lansbury and angela lansbury is about 14 years old she's, i mean she's still in Changed, yes. Well, uh, my wife and I watched Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which was the second movie that I saw as a child. And, uh, and we watched it the other night, and I haven't seen it since 1971. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she's the same. Mm. It's, 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 it's the same glorious woman, and, and, uh, even her figure's the same. She's in fantastic she shape. She is. And, she's, she's amazing. But she's, They're both so gracious. Yes. And, graceful, and gracious. Nobody people. could possibly be a diva in the company no. with them setting the no. tone of being gracious. They would gracious put a stop to and, it. Yeah. And, and, and old shoes, as, uh, as we say in the play. We have a, uh, voluntary warm-up that you can come yes. to if you want to. It's Led by Mr. Corey Brill, who uh, plays, yes, uh, the Cantwell right. camp- campaign manager. <laughs> and, um, it's it's 15 minutes before the house opens, so you have mm-hmm. the stage with the empty theater, so you can kind of see if you can vocalize back yes. to the last seat or there to the middle seat. I mean, you really try to reach each seat, and then you know you do those actor exercises, the be ba 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 ba, you know, to loosen up the. Vocal and who's cords. out there most every night? James, James Earl, Earl Jones. Jones taking yes, because I worry about his voice. It's not a particularly <laughs> strong voice or recognizable voice, but you know, he's a wonder. He's yeah. a ring-tailed wonder. He is. He is. Eric's out there often, <laughs> yes. and Carrie, mm, Carrie and Butler. So yeah. it's, it, it, that is a fun thing. I mean, and Candace is out there. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, about half the company comes out for the warm up, and I love it because you you sort of own the stage before it becomes the stage. Yeah. And the ushers are out there watching us doing our little mm-hmm. whatever we're doing, and um, it, it, it's it's your moment when you kind of own the stage. Yes, b- before. Uh, People Before start the guests entering. arrive. And actually, yeah. the guests are delegates. We should yes. say that this We should staging. say that. This is a site-specific work in yes. many ways. It, it, completely environmental. Derek McLean's wonderful idea of, of festooning the, the beautiful Schoenfeld Theater with bunting, red, white, and blue bunting, all the television monitors. Um, the, so um, as as a as an audience member, you feel like you yeah, are a delegate. Right. You've been at cast. The They've been cast as delegates, exactly. and there's this uh, wonderful ambient sound that goes from immediately uh, from half hour on of the the hubbub of excitement mm. uh, of a convention, and uh, I, I think it really has a powerful subliminal effect. On, on the audience's level of excitement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's just exquisitely designed. You know, I think when we began rehearsing, none of us really realized how funny it was. And yeah. then Gore Vidal himself came to a couple of our rehearsals. That's right. What did you think about that? Well, it was, it was yes, it was like a, a, a visit from Olympus <laughs> um, to see him. Uh, he arrived uh, in his wheelchair with his arms uh, raised over his head, making the Nixonian double-piece sign. <laughs> or maybe Rocky. <laughs> and maybe Rocky. 
Um, but and then uh, he's, he's he's quite senior these days. But the uh, his blazing intellect is undampened. Oh, rapier wit! Yeah, rapier wit! And uh, and it was because I grew up. Uh, I think I was about fifteen years old, and I read his uh, historical novel Julian mm. about Julian the the, uh, the apostate Roman emperor who tried to drag things back from Christianity to paganism, and I and it blew me away. And then I systematically worked my way through his other historical novels. Um, so he's been a particular hero of mine uh, ever s- since adolescence, I think. And um, he is such a, uh, a keen mind, uh, a great wit, um, a provocateur, a gadfly, uh, deeply critical of this country. But I think that makes him an extraordinary patriot. He loves this country so much, no realizes question. the potential of this country and has to needle it and prod it and provoke it to great things. And that's what, you know, I, I come away every night feeling from this play. It's an exhortation, you know, get out there, do the right thing. I think he would love that description that you just gave of him. I think he'd probably poo-poo it. Oh, no, <laughs> maybe, maybe not I think quite he'd resent enough being praise, called a patriot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that term is thrown around so loosely. You know, when he was there, I said to him, Michael Wilson, our director, has reverence for your words. And he said, not as much reverence as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Good to have a bit of an ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although it, well, this cast has struck me because I think to be an actor, you have to have a huge ego and at the same time, no ego at all. And, you, and, uh, and the ability to... Say okay, I will look silly. Is that what yeah, you mean? Well, and to to uh, to to disappear, mm. you know, into your character mm-hmm. and disappear in, into a conversation with another character. Give it up to them. And I think the, this is such a, an extraordinarily generous uh, group of actors who are that way. And it's fun too. I mean, um, one of the things that that happens at, in the alleyway before we begin the show is there's always little kibitzing about. Funny things that have happened. Some a couple of patrons have come out the the That's other right. from the other theater. I think they came streetcar out of Desire? Streetcar Named Desire. Boy, the look on that woman's face! She found herself in the middle of a, a 1960s press corps. Exactly. <laughs> We're sort of pushing her back into her own theater. And there's funny things that happen and different kinds of commentary. So when you're backstage with any of these people, like there there is a is a moment when I'm back with with Michael and John, Candace and Angelica. Page, mm-hmm. and we're getting ready for this one little scene, and they're goofing around. Oh I mean, yes, they, absolutely. It, Candace gave me a little, little uh, rubber chicken that lights up when you squeeze it, and I carry it in my pocket every night oh, on stage. Really? And in the wings, when I see her, I pull it out and squeeze it, and it starts flashing. I'm going to pat you down the next time and see if you really have the <laughs> oh, rubber you chicken. You wouldn't believe the things I'm carrying <laughs> in my capacious pockets. <laughs> well, what do you want people to know in our last couple of minutes about the best man? Um, I, I, I just think it is a, not only is it a, a riotous, rollicking, good time, um, but, uh, it's about, it's about America. It's about, uh, who we are and, um, and perhaps most importantly, who, who we can be. What's interesting to me is I've had friends who are Democrats and friends mm. who are staunch Republicans come, and they all love it. Yes. They all recognize when James Earl Jones says, power is not a tool we give to good children. Yes. The strong man takes it and he uses it. I might say in this day and age, you would say the strong man or woman takes it and uses it. But there is a resonance mm-hmm. for some of those words that, like you said, he may have written it in 1960, 
but it's absolutely applicable to this minute. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, and then also there's, everybody is just, they text me during the commercials if I have people in the audience. Oh, I yeah. oh my goodness. This is the modern age. Yes. I'm texting, do you like it? Do you like it? <laughs> Did you recognize me in the red wig? <laughs> and I'm, I'm continually getting back. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I had no idea it was yeah. this good. And yeah. it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Written in 1960, and yet all the, you know, red button issues are the same. Mm. It doesn't seem like it, I mean, birth control, uh, gays in the military, um, uh, uh, you know, defense budgets, uh, diminishing taxes. I mean, it's taxes, all, yeah, everything it's all that mattered so, then. Uh, so current, it, and right. it's not. It's not. Uh, it hasn't creaked once. I don't think this play. So, <laughs> do you think Sheldon Marcus was involved in um, acts in ADAC? That he's accusing somebody else of? I don't really wish to comment on that. <laughs> because You'll that's have to my come, theory. come that to is the Schoenfeld <laughs> Theater, see the best man, and decide for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you absolutely don't want to miss this. I have to say, we've been thrilled to have such lovely reviews. Do you read reviews? Um, I don't. You don't. I don't okay. Uh, okay. anymore. Well, let me just say, anymore. yours were good. lovely. <laughs> oh, that's very, that's very heartening. I'm and, glad for the good I of the do, show. I do. You know, as a journalist, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always oh, sure, looking for feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm still doing that from my journalism life, and uh, and I must say that we've appreciated that. But of course, the the the, the best feedback is that every single night we get a standing ovation. Yes, that's that's very. It usually starts when Angela comes mm-hmm. on stage. Absolutely. But once in a while, it starts when the supporting actors come on stage. Yeah. I'm like I'm saying to Bill Cox or James Lacine or Fred Parker or Amy Tribby. These are the other reporter yes. actors. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have? Who's who? Who among your family is out there giving us the standing one, yeah. ovation? <laughs> but in truth, it, 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 no, they. It's lovely to it's have been, that standing been ovation. Gorgeous audiences. Yeah, really yeah. smart audiences. Absolutely. I mean, I often they gasp, hear, they, they cheer. Yeah, yeah, the spontaneous outbursts of applause in and, the middle, and, and, like they like mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the characters saying something or doing something, mm-hmm. or, or they they cheer. They let you know yeah. they're listening. Yeah, and again, the beauty of live theater. Right, right. In the days where everybody's preoccupied with their little personal gizmo, you know. To, again, to all be together in the same room, having this experience. What a joy it's been. Jefferson Mays, I just adore you. And I you, madam. And I'll <laughs> see you at the theater. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Such a pleasure. Hello, I'm Heather Hitchens, Executive Director of the American Theater Wing. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Downstage Center. Downstage Center is recorded in the CUNY TV radio studio at the City University of New York's Graduate School of Journalism in Manhattan. Our engineer for today's show is Chad Bernhard. Along with this program, all of the educational and media work of the American Theatre Wing is available online, on demand, for free at americantheaterwing.org. If you're a regular listener to or viewer of Wing programs, we hope you'll consider giving us financial support to sustain our work. Just visit our website, americantheaterwing.org, and click Support ATW. For Downstage Center and the American Theatre Wing, thanks for your support and thanks for listening.